Hello everyone and welcome to Hacker Rank Radio. This is your host Adil Bandukwala. Our theme for today's podcast is everything from SaaS to IoT. What's next for tech leader Cisco? It's hard to believe that there was a time when Cisco as a company that businesses could lean on them only for their networking solutions. Today, the technology behemoth has evolved from offerings into state-of-the-art products and services that cover every need of a business. From IoT to cybersecurity, Cisco's incredible team spread across the world collaborate with their customers every day to solve, improve and develop novel solutions. I'm super pumped to have with us today Cisco's Anil Nair and Suhas Mansing, two prominent leaders to delve into their perspectives about some heatedly discussed subjects like cloud-delivered security and all of the shiny, new and exciting work they're doing in this coming year. Let's get started with quick introductions. First up, Anil Nair. Anil is Vice President Engineering in the Security Business Group at Cisco. He leads product engineering for network security and web security and drives this billion dollar business across the globe. In addition to his day job, Anil is the APJC executive sponsor for Connected Disabilities Awareness Network and University Relations. He has been contributing to India's startup ecosystem as a mentor and guide through Cisco's popular Launchpad program. In his personal time, Anil is an avid photographer and he enjoys traveling. Anil, welcome to Hack and Hank Radio and tell us what's your most favorite holiday destination? We'll keep talking about tech, sure, but let's get to know you a little better tell us what's your favorite holiday destination thank you adil thanks for having me so great question to begin the day uh, i think i would love to go to places that has a lot of uh, natural beauty and wildlife so africa is uh, has been one of my my favorite places i've been fortunate to go around the serengeti in, in kenya i would love to to go back there and spend some more time that's so awesome to hear that's that's a place i haven't been to it's on the bucket list i hope i get to do it someday and when i do get a chance you can look out for a linkedin in coming your way because you've already been there done that. Now time to bring up Suhas Mansing. Suhas is Vice President of Software Development in Distributed Systems Engineering Group. He's completed 20 plus years at Cisco. For those of those Gen Z guys listening in, 20 years is still a thing. So Suhas has got 20 plus years of experience at Cisco, leads a team of 1000 plus software engineers in India and Italy. His team in India and Italy is responsible for software development of routing platforms, CRS, ASR 9K, access platforms, and optical platforms even, which is NCS 2K, 1K and 4K. Suhas holds two patents relating to automation of network provisioning and orchestration in optical networks. Suhas, other than building game-changing tech and the patents you've got in your name, what do you love doing in your free time? Tell us a couple of hobbies and interests. All the hobbies are dead. I've got a teenager and a nine-year-old at home. So from listening to K-pop and Dynamite and Blackpink to, you know, to music that has more expletives in it than my neighborhood, you know, rickshawala with my teenager uh, <laughs> and trying to control that has been uh, my, my job for the past few years. So it's interesting raising, uh, as I was talking about earlier, right? The Gen Z pluses that we are bringing up at home right now. And it's going to be a crazy new world with them. Hey, look at the bright side, Suhas. There's no Yo-Yo Honey Singh. There's no Badshah in your house. And at the same <laughs> time, there's no Roblox. So that is a strategic advantage, isn't it? I'm listening to them. So that's, that's what's happening. <laughs> But uh, amazing, amazing having you, gentlemen. Thank you for making time for Hacker and Radio. Sure. Anytime. All right. So with that, 
let's dig into this podcast. I've been meaning to ask you, Suhas, maybe we can start with you. You've okay. seen Cisco evolve from like a big box company to a very different player than it is today, which is two decades later. Tell us a little bit about this transition and what's life been like for you? Yeah, I mean, um, so I've been in Cisco for over 20 years, around 23 years in 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 the US and then in India. And uh, Cisco's always been in networking. So what's really happened is networking has kept on changing uh, over the past couple of decades. But Cisco's core strength in networking has always continued. And, and from big boxes that would, you know, take one gig or 10 gig of bandwidth to, you know, multi-terabit being um, taken all over the world. Now, that's the evolution of the products that Cisco has worked on that has happened. But what else, the other thing that's happened is, you know, cloud has impacted everyone, right? And cloud has impacted everyone, the power of software, the power of compute has impacted everyone. And Cisco has moved to largely, you know, software controller-based, security-focused, end-to-end uh, solution provider because the boundaries that were there across, you know, say compute and, and networking and storage and everything seems to be merging with software. And everybody is everywhere and so is Cisco. I think we're everywhere. So it's, it's kind of evolved from a niche player into like you just started off with, we're, we're solving customers' problems, whatever they be. Oh, thank you for that. Thank you for sharing that. And with that, let's get to Anil. Anil, uh, I hear there's a very interesting story of how you know Suhas. Let's talk a little bit about that. Let's bring in that story. And once you've completed that story, maybe go on to what Suhas said and tell us like, what is a networking slash hardware focused behemoth uh, doing with software? And why is it so obsessed and focused with software today? Oh boy, it's been more than two decades, but uh, when I joined Cisco, the very first day, Suhas was one of the people whom I met. And uh, this was in a, in a place called Petaluma, north of San Francisco, a place where there's a lot of farmland, uh, cattle and, and hen and all of that. So I met him at Petaluma, the very first day I joined Cisco, and here we are more than two decades later, sitting in the same room and solving similar problems. <laughs> and uh, dealing with uh, similar people issues. I was just five years old at that time, so just so you get my idea. So, <laughs> so this is, this is a, an interesting pattern you'll probably see in Cisco. You'll probably see a lot of people who have been around for, for ages, uh, for decades, trying to solve similar problems. There's something that holds people together uh, really well, and is part of the culture. Going back to the question that you had in terms of how do I see Cisco evolving and what has been the experience, but if you fundamentally think about what networking has been trying to do, what Cisco has been trying to do is connecting users, you and me, to the applications, including the application we are using to record this program. And how it has evolved is connecting the users to the applications securely. Security is the fundamental premise that has to be there for any of the infrastructure, any of these things to work. So this has been a very natural next step for Cisco to get into security. And when you think about the networking and, and, and the assets that we have as a company, the users connect to the network, applications connect to the network. And making sure that this connectivity and this, this interconnects are secure is what we're trying to do. And there is no other player in, in terms of how you look at the security landscape who can really cover the entire spectrum that makes the user and the application secure. And I think we are in a unique position. Uh, let me also extend that to, to one more thing. So increasingly security is uh, related to data, to AI, to ML and everything. So it is not about setting things up in a certain way and putting up policies and, and making things secure. It's about how we learn the environment and, and, and kind of adopt and evolve along the way. 
So the fact that we see a lot of traffic, we see a lot of users, we see a lot of applications, we see a lot of traffic. 80% of the internet goes through Cisco's uh, products in some shape or, for, or other. We know what is good, what is bad. And technologies and uh, constructs that are available to us in the, in the shape of learnings and intelligence help us kind of provide the best security for that connectivity. Awesome. Thank you for taking us uh, through that and giving us perspective on why software and why this underlying notion of why Cisco is going down the software route. Let's talk a little bit about ChatGPT. What is Cisco's take on ChatGPT and how are you potentially thinking of using it, embracing it? What are your thoughts? Do you think this will fly? What is Cisco's point of view, one? I'd also love to know what is Suhas and Anil's point of view, two? Well, this has been really interesting, right? Last couple of months with ChatGPT, everybody asking all kinds of questions for ChatGPT. And, and uh, you know, in fact, it's impossible to get into it these days, right, with the traffic out there. But if you look at it, the power of AI, in AI and, and, and ML is, is something that we in the industry always, always knew. What ChatGPT has done is democratize the impact that it can have. You know, you could have told Till Kingdom Come to my grandma, how AI and ML is going to change how networks are, are deployed. But it wouldn't mean anything. But if you if you put a recipe of chaat pakoda in the chat GPT and it tells you how much namak to add, uh, it definitely says, this is a cool thing, man. This, this actually works. So what it's done is actually um, made AI more you know, consumable by common man. So what was so geeky all along has now become you know, a conversation that you can have at a bar, right? With, with nobody, you know, trying to walk away from you saying, I know, I'm going to sit next to this geek. So the power of AI and ML um, is something that we've been using in Cisco all along. You know, there's, if you think of it in chat GPT terms, if you were to get to a network and you're seeing a network's blowing up somewhere, there's you know, your cell phone's not connecting well, the service provider could type into the network and say, what's wrong with the network in, in Dodnakundi, right? And it could give back and say, hey, these three routers are connected, but it looks like one of them is not very happy, right? And, and so you could have a similar kind of an impact in, uh, in managing and operating networks. If you, if you look at most of these service providers that you have, the operation costs are maybe four or five times higher than, uh, than CapEx costs. So it is very powerful. We've been, you know, the geeks have been using it for a while. And I think what ChatGPT has done, it has just shown the power for a common man. And, and I don't know. And then if you want to take on, have a take on it. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Suhas. Uh, ChatGPT has become the face of AI and ML that many people, many common, I mean, many times common men found it very difficult to relate to. Now you have an application of that that everybody can understand, relate to, engage, interact. And suddenly you're suddenly realizing the power of what ML can do with the data that's available to that. And it's relevant in many, many industries and specifically for what Cisco does from a security standpoint. At the end of the day, our customers want their infrastructure, their users, their applications to be secure. How you make it secure is almost irrelevant for them. So what, I mean, as the technologies like AI and ML are advancing, as the data is, is becoming a lot more available, Making the users and the applications secure in a way where it's not about set ways of doing that. It's not about policies that you set in advance and kind of figure out, I mean, human beings going after them to see what happened. I mean, all the, all the incident response and so on and so forth. Think about a situation where we can increasingly leverage these technologies to, to not only make the, the infrastructure secure, but also when there's a breach, you get to know about it immediately. The actions that happen on it happens uh, automatically. And it's a great new world where anybody can connect to anything and, and it's going to be secure. That's 
so cool to hear and you know while you two gentlemen were talking about this and i was obviously making notes i also fired up a chat gpt instance on my computer and i just typed in chat gpt will cisco be bigger in 2030 now here's what chat gpt is saying to my question it says as a language model i cannot predict the future with certainty but cisco is a well established company with a diverse range of products and services with a strong track record of growth the company has been expanding its focus on the internet of things cloud computing and cybersecurity which are all areas that are expected to see significant growth uh, in the coming years additionally cisco's strong financial position and its position as an industry leader also suggests that the company may continue to grow in the future so there you go ai is also predicting and betting big on cisco See, it's it's smart. it's smart, right? I mean, the way it articulated the story and how it rationally laid out the basis for its prediction is just amazing. And what I really find, you know, interesting in Chat GPT is its English is way better than mine. And I, <laughs> the content I might be better at, but the damn thing really <laughs> speaks a fluent language. That for a computer to actually be able to decipher the right slangs and the right, right, right technique, the structure. the content is not always very exciting i think what we need to do now with so much ai around is to have our bullshit meter really strong because it could be giving you complete bs and we have to be smart enough to figure out because otherwise whatever it says becomes the truth and that's the big big fear i think i have with a lot of these simplified answering oracles right that we'll start believing whatever they say and so i think that the core knowledge that we build for ourselves and 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 you know education that we have that doesn't go away otherwise it's it's going to start ruling our world but uh, pretty interesting i think what you're trying to say is suhas chatgpt uh, is actually testing if we are genuinely intelligent or artificially intelligent to just <laughs> whatever it's saying i know it keeps on testing us i think it it's made made a lot of mistakes to as you know stack overflow and other places they have figured out right where the code has been wrong so don't think it's god but it's definitely a big step forward right it definitely way way ahead if you think about uh, when i first used a computer back in 1996 and it talks about age unfortunately but uh, that was the first time i used the computer and um, i was being taught the q basic in school and we were only using um, dos as commands and i used to always wonder why should i say cd and then name of a directory md name of a directory Uh, and now you think it's actually interacting with you in a language that is english is just fascinating but let's put that aside and let's talk about so uh, correlating what chatgpt said right chatgpt obviously also bets that cisco is going to grow in the future and going to be even bigger so going back on that let's talk about what do you think are big bets cisco is making today what are the big bets because of which you think cisco will be even way better and way bigger let's talk about that a little bit i'll start with security so one of the big big bets cisco is is doing is on security on cyber security and there are a few different reasons why we 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 are doing that one thing i kind of already mentioned that um, being a networking company helping connect the users to the applications making those connections secure is a very natural next step and we've been in this space doing a whole bunch of things in security for a while but now at this point of time we have identified security as the transformational technology or the transformational business that will take cisco into the 2030s and i'm 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 expecting chat gpt to tell you that in the next uh, few weeks or months but this is a huge bet we are making it's a very natural bet for us to make 
and we have fundamental assets that we can extend to that space. And that's going to really make us uh, win in that space in, in many different ways. Uh, and there are a lot of extensions to that. And I think uh, automation, so as you want to cover what yeah, we're doing I mean, on the I mean, automation side. I mean, the, the other, if you look at the traditional Cisco market, which we have, everybody thinks of networking and the role that software is going to play there. And, and I was just thinking back to when, when we talked about when I met Anil 20 years ago, the product that I was building at that time was called Cisco Network Controller. It was a software uh, tool to control the optical networks. And that has become so much more powerful. So what's happened is, you know, that the role software plays in simplifying the networks. I mean, you've seen that with Meraki and, and other controllers where it is actually taking away the complexity of the network. What's happened is the network has become so pivotal to whatever we do. I can, I can give you examples where there have been bugs in the network where, uh, you know, a network might have gone down somewhere and people think it's a terrorist attack. And it's a stupid, crazy bug somewhere that has brought down half of Timbuktu, right? Or, or, or some, some part of or UK or, or US or whatever, right? So the value of the network is huge. Hence, we have the power of software can actually be, be used to make it simple, make it more stable, make it more reliable. And that's what we're doing right now. There's a huge investment going on in, you know, intent-based networking kind of stuff, which is, you know, like a chat GPT for network provisioning. You could say network managing, you could say, right? You, you tell what you want to do, and we would be able to figure out how to set up the network and how to do it end-to-end, -end, right? There is a lot of roles software is going to play now as uh, networks have become more ubiquitous, as opposed to being these niche things that only the CCIEs and CCNA is going to handle, right? So now anybody can do it. So we have to simplify it, dumbify it, which basically means the software has to get more and more intelligent to have much more dumber interfaces for people up there. So if, if I want to kind of bring the two things together, right, you're seeing a lot of transformations happening in the technology space, uh, especially with cloud and others. These two areas are things that fundamentally enable those transformations to be faster, simpler, and easier to adopt. So when you think about the cloud transformation, the biggest challenge we have in terms of I mean, fast, I mean, speeding that up is the concerns about security. So that's one area where we will we'll see what whatever we're doing from security space is going to help the transformation of the cloud. Similarly, the opex, the expenses that we have to to incur to to operationalize the network is increasingly going up. The sophistication is higher. So automating that, bringing in AI ML models into that is going to go a long way in, in transforming uh, that space as well. Definitely a lot of food for thought for all the geeks who are kind of tuned in to figure out there is the whole automation angle and then there is the security angle and then there are there is this angle that both of them are kind of coming together. So let's like double click a little more into the security uh, angle, Anil. And you know, like cloud delivered security can sound often like an oxymoron to a few skeptics. Because a lot of people, the number one concern about migrating to the cloud is still security. Now, since Cisco provides trusted cloud delivered security solutions like Umbrella, what are your two cents on the matter of security in and outside the cloud? Like, what's your perspective? So when customers manage the security on its own in their network, fundamentally, it's a complex problem. You need to have a lot of people who understand that. The skills, the expertise is increasingly difficult to get. You are increasing the attack surface because there are a lot of different places where that attackers can come into. You're exposing more and more of your infrastructure, of your assets to an external attack. If you are able to get them to a singular place of control that simplifies the security, also provides a better security in many different ways. And being able to deliver that in a cloud through models like SSC 
you are essentially providing better security, simpler security to the customers. There are challenges in terms of privacy. There are challenges in terms of compliance. There are challenges in terms of how do you trust someone else to, to deal with something that's very core to your business. But over a period of time, I think this is increasingly getting to a point where our customers are, are comfortable with it. You're actually seeing in the defense sector, in the, the federal uh, sector, more and more of, the, of those uh, customers adopting cloud in, incrementally. And I think it's just a matter of time where people are going to be comfortable about it as much as they're comfortable with their, their operations on their, on their premises. I mean, you can, you can draw a parallel, actually, right? You, you think of a security with having, you know, 100 security guards running around in an airport, or you have uh, security cameras everywhere. And now you have a central office where somebody, some guy is looking at it and can do much better than those 100 tullas running around the place, right? So that's the power of giving the freedom along with the security, right? And that, that's what cloud gives you. So although, you know, people are scared of the cloud, but we are using it for whatever. Right now, we are, you know, you're using the cloud to actually have the conversation and folks are going to use So it's not going away. So if we can only make it more secure. And, and it's, 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 it is the way, way forward. I don't think there's any way backward in going into a bank vault and that's feeling secure only in the bank vault, right? You can actually take your phone pay outside and pay whatever you want to do, right? So what used to be cash has now become secure on your phone. So it's giving you more freedom and along with security. So that's the way the world is moving. It, it is cloud is, has to be secure. 100%. I couldn't agree more. I mean, there are so many examples of uh, us living our daily lives. In fact, convenience is such a huge deal that the cloud offers in addition to security. It just makes life so much more simple. I mean, look at the fact that we're doing this podcast. It's on the cloud. It's recording on the fly. It's being uploaded by the minute. And we're able to have this lovely conversation without traveling. And like I was just discussing with you, Suhas, I mean, life before the pandemic was very different. Uh, like used to be on a plane at least 140 flights a year. And I'm sure you all have done your fair share of traveling as well. But now we didn't need to and we're, we're connecting here. So uh, it indeed is incredible. Let, let's talk a little bit about predictions and like big predictions that potentially you are making. And this question stems from the fact that for over 30 years, Cisco has been providing tech solutions to businesses and individuals from ranging from data centers to security, IoT, networking, the company's on a phenomenal job. And a phenomenal job of being one step ahead of the curve in this ever-changing world of tech. What's your one big prediction, Suhas, for a tech trend that companies will try and adopt potentially this year or next? And once we give you give your answer, we'd love to come to Anil as well. So Suhas, why don't we start with you? Yeah, I think... I would love to have that one thing. I wouldn't be talking to you or buying that stock right now. And then I would <laughs> I'd be vacationing in Hawaii right now. So I think to have the crystal ball to actually know what's what's one big trend is a tough one. But let's look at this the scenario, right? I mean, there is there is an expectation of a recession that's happening. And and you know, we are gonna try to live through, you know, a, a downturn that's happening. And uh, there is gonna be a lot of technologies which people would want to slow down an investment. I think one way area where we will not going to be slowing down is, is understanding the power of AI. I think, I think chat GPT has made it much more palatable to most of the people. The power is very clear. So I think the power of software and AI on whatever we do uh, is definitely going to play, start playing a lot, lot bigger role. I think there are going to be ethical questions around it. 
I think there's going to be all kinds of challenges around how we use this powerful tool. But this trend is going to be there for the next, I don't know, more than a decade, I think. As an assistant, as of now, I, th I don't think it's going to replace us, but it's definitely a powerful assistant in doing whatever problem we're trying to solve. I think that's, that's one big thing that I think is going to work. Yeah, I think... Uh, you can't talk say security again. I can't say security, but I think uh, you, <laughs> you also took uh, the one that I wanted to talk about, which was the same topic again. But I think that's, I mean, AI and ML has reached a point where, we, where cloud was a few years back, where we started talking about the power of cloud and how the, the, the cloud is going to go and, and it's going to be ubiquitous. I think 2023 is a year when AI ML is going to, it's going to be the beginning of the journey. And in a few years time, if you're in the technology sector, I think our customers will expect us to just, I mean, whatever we do to just work. So the simplicity of the technology is probably the first one that our customers will demand driven by AI and ML. So today, most of the consumers of technologies need to be sophisticated. They need to be trained. They need to have expertise, skilled, skills, and so on and so forth. I think over the next few years, with the power of, of the data, the power of AI and the ML, you'll see a lot of simplification of the sector where the customers, the consumers of the technology can don't have to understand all the details, don't have to be too sophisticated, and things should just work. Awesome. So there you have it, folks. Crystal gazing, if you were to make one or two bold big bets, there you have it. You've got predictions from Suhas and Anil both. Uh, you can go ahead and figure out what you want to uh, do with those uh, particular bets next. But let's go a little deeper here, Suhas and Anil. And Suhas, particularly with you, tell us a little more about what is life like at Cisco? Like you've been there for 20 years now. Uh, what is a typical day like in the life of Suhas Mansing? I've been there a long time and you know, I remember when we got acquired by Cisco, my goal was to wait another three years till the stocks west and then get out of this big damn company because I, I, I used to be, a, I'm not going to name it, in a large company long before I joined the startup and I wanted to run away from large companies. And now again, you know, a couple of years after my startup, we, we got acquired by a large company again. But you wanted to wait for the stocks to west. And... It never got boring after that. It's been, what, 23 years now? And uh, every time I say it's getting to a point where maybe I should, you know, it's getting boring, something new comes in and, and we, we, we constantly change. So defining the job is very difficult because it's one thing that Cisco does all the time and we say, you know, we, when we got nothing else to do, we, we do a reorg. And that's partly, partly because, you know, we realize that the world is changing fast right? And we have to change along with it. So at a day in a life, it, for, for me, is you know, it starts off by just checking what's happening. And there's usually a bunch of escalations happening. <laughs> Somebody's not happy with something. And, and then walking around, meeting the team, there's a lot of products that we build out from here in the Bangalore campus. I mean, we've got, I've got, you know, a few hundred people out here building next generation products, learning the craziest technologies out there. We've got a lot of senior tech leads that you know I sometimes sit down with and you know get realize how dumb I am and come back and start reading up about what's going on and running the show, running the show, making sure that I can be the catalyst in the overall uh, system out there to make it run faster. And in fact, I sometimes said, I said this to my boss too, and he, he probably wasn't very pleased about it. I said, I don't really know what I do because I, I, <laughs> I come in in the morning and every day it's different. 
and uh, you know the only 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 fun is is that it's it's always a, a new technology or the other i'm a geek and I, I i love technology and you know you cannot stop learning in cisco that that's the day i think it's it's learning every day yeah i think yeah it's been more than two decades for me as well and and i must say that there was never a time beyond maybe a week or two at a time where it has been boring it's always exciting there's a lot of great people around and almost everybody comes to work to make a difference and uh, the relationships you build go go a long way I mean, so he said great people and relationships so so he's talking about the first person he met when he came just so that you know. <laughs> there are always exceptions but <laughs> one thing i always promise my team is that i will do my best to get you out of your comfort zone and uh, many times uh, we we try our best to not to get into a comfort zone and and just keep doing what we're doing and there's a system at play here that uh, forces us always not just us, us out of our comfort zone and do something better different make a difference and so on and so forth but it is the people around us who who make it uh, really interesting for us i think you you said it incredibly well right relationships matter and that's something that's very close to my heart and i i believe as well and you know there was this book which i read it's called squad of 5 the five people that you interact with most kind of define your life and figure out how much you're going to grow and which direction you're kind of going to go so the people that you surround with are like supremely important so one of my last questions to both of you so hasan anil is like obviously you have large teams but you're always looking for people as well to join cisco and particularly your teams what do both of you specifically look at in people when you're hiring them there must be a couple of things that are absolute requirements for you or what are those one or two qualities that you potentially see and you light up saying that that's the kind of person i want on my team i'll go first the problems that we solve in cisco are fairly complex and deep so the passion for the customers the passion for the deep understanding of the problems are very important it is not something that you can come in and then solve in a week or two and just go on and 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 go into the next project and 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 work there so people who have the depth and the breadth and the passion for the problem solving not at the superficial level but deep inside understanding the customers problems and really understanding and and being excited about the impact you can make in the world and the customers is very important for me and we are also a large company we have we have a lot of our strengths but being able to work with people across people being able to build those relationships understand the people around you and work together as a team that's also very very important and then you see the sparks in some people right so you, you you talk to them in the first few minutes you know that there's something in that person i don't know quite know what that is but you get the confidence that i can make the environment for that person so if i see the spark i can quite nail as to what that is but i think i, I, I tend to find the sparks when i talk to a different set of people i think those are the two or three things i it is common and you you'll see the same similar answer for most of the people right it's it's the attitude right i mean the, there was once a study to figure out you know are people happier when they do what they love or is they when they love what they do right there are certain people who just love whatever they do they can have find fun in whatever problems are thrown at it so we do look for you know hardcore you know, people who enjoy technology people who are great problem solvers but who have a very good attitude about it right 
if you if you go back and talk to them about what they've done and it's all about i know i got into the wrong place and you know it was so but i'm meant for something better you know whatever you do is not going to work for a person like that and then there are guys who can be happy you know cleaning a sewage pump right and and they can find that exciting so it's 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 all in the attitude and you get the right attitude folks around it's it's, it's always going to be fun so that's 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 usually key for me obviously the basics of an engineer uh, have to be there uh, it is a hardcore engineering job we build products that make billions of dollars products that run without a reload for 10 years so for those of you who are looking at you know the simple answer for everything is can you please reset it that's not an option when you're running a network that's going to be live 24/7 so there's definitely high reliability stuff that we build so hardcore techies hardcore you know engineers who enjoy building complex stuff but then definitely the attitude that's a great summary i think i think you know have the right attitude get shit done love solving problems like being focused and obsessed with tech and the spark if anil is able to spot it well there you'll get into cisco and with that this has been such a fascinating conversation suhas and anil thank you so much for joining in suhas i think you and me it's just about the weekend friday evening we're recording this about time we got into our cars and turned on bacha and yo yo honey sing well i don't know what kind of music anil enjoys so maybe we'll <laughs> uh, spill that out one a bit a little bit sure man let's turn that on and uh, have a nice one man thanks for having us anil You've been listening to Hacker and Radio, the podcast dedicated to discussing the challenges and the opportunities in building and developing world-class engineering teams. Brought to you by Hackerline, the developer skills company.